Darth Sidious. The legendary Palpatine was known for playing with the dark side of the Force in ways we're still unraveling, and this theory makes the prequels even crazier. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome as well as what we can expect from the character of Bo-Katan going forward. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Let's jump in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. The character of Bo-Katan is really fascinating. I feel like she's one of the most interesting Mandalorians that we've gotten in for terms sure. of a well-rounded, fully diverse and like textured history. She has gone from hero to villain to hero once again. Uh -huh. Like she has definitely gone through the ringer when it comes to Star Wars. For sure. Yeah, she's had a long a long run with us for a while. Mm -hmm. um, starting, All the way back to the Clone Wars. Yeah, starting with the animated series of the Clone Wars. Pretty crazy that we've seen her for so long. Yeah, she went. she's one of those characters that I think flowed really well from Clone Wars into live action. And Katie Sackhoff playing the character and live action as well as voicing her in the show, I think worked out very well because we have a clear tie-in all the way through. And I think she is, like, like I said earlier, she's an interesting character. Mm -hmm. She has a lot of texture to her story, and it's not always clear-cut where she's going to go. As you said, we've seen her through a lot. We've seen her through thick and thin. And now she's kind of in this place of... Um, ruling again mm -hmm. after having lost her kingdom uh -huh. and her her people multiple times now if we look back to the clone wars the categories of storytelling that we saw there in terms of she usurped her own sister to uh -huh. gain access to the throne lost that throne yep. gained the dark saber lost the dark saber uh -huh. and then if we look at that in the mandalorian she had a very similar kind of storytelling arc there because she did gain the throne but ultimately lost the dark saber to moff gideon who uh, lost it to the mandalorian until she regained it in, from the mandalorian once again which seemed kind of dumb considering how they set it up in season two of like no i can't just accept it but like technically if i almost kind of got defeated by this other monster and then you defeated that monster like technically if we look back at it like really fine too we could possibly say that you actually defeated me and then now you can take it Technicalities. Technicalities. We love them. Uh, but if if we look at the story, she had a very similar arc in Clone Wars to where she was in The Mandalorian. And now she's once again back on the throne, apparently, but yeah. not necessarily the throne that she had before. Because she had a lot of character growth and development in the show. And she's gone to Mandalore now and is on a mission to reunite and rebuild the Mandalorians. Yep. And it looks possible considering yes. that the planet is actually habitable mm -hmm. mm, sort of so <laughs> at least under the ground yeah no no longer completely glassed yes yes so there seems to be a spark of hope mm -hmm. um i i'm very curious to know what they're gonna do with her yeah um i f funny enough I'm actually, I'm kind of on this, like, not surprised fence if they decide to kind of do what they keep doing to her, mm. which is set her back. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> nope, you're getting overthrown again. It's like, that would be in the realm of what we keep seeing of her. 
but I really hope that they don't. I want to see her do new things, and yeah. I hope that the the relationship that we she's built with um, Din Djarin is mm-hmm. just. I hope that that branches her out a bit, so yeah. that she has had growth, and that we can see her develop as a good leader. That'd be great. <laughs> I, I think she has the opportunity to almost become more of a Moff Gideon type character in hmm. this new role. Hmm. Um, for good, for bad. Maybe not Moff Gideon. Maybe Mon Mothma. Okay. More so. Yeah. If I'm if I'm trying to find like a, an even deeper character for this, because I feel like. Mon Mothma, especially in The Mandalorian, was a character who had so much depth and so much like potential, and she was playing multiple games that got riskier and riskier as she tried to take bigger and bigger leaps to cement. Like She started playing the game of the Empire and trying to be successful in a game that was not winnable yeah like she was trying to work within the system and that she believed to be just in any way and then didn't work out and ultimately had to come to a little bit more sinister almost like more terroristic ways mm. she was forced to that way and now she went in, in in the new republic as we see her she is now trying to rebuild what she intended to be fighting for in this new era not knowing again she may be fighting against something that is just not changeable mm. and i feel like bo katan is in a similar situation because her character is so so tied to the control of the dark saber and when it is so tied to this physical thing that could make or break the mandalorians and is this almost like religious artifact that they have that gives her control over a legion and army and peoples i don't know how successful she's going to be in that but like you said i also want her to be successful Mm -hmm. i want her to take this idea of rebuilding and making things better and and going from the ashes of what the mandalorian was and trying to build something better Mm. i think could be really interesting but that does make me ask the question, will we actually see her again? Right, that's true. That's a great question. On your point, I'll get back to that question, but on your point <laughs> about um, this Darksaber and how tied she is to almost this religious worship of this thing. She's just as religious in terms of like cult-like aspects as the Children of the Watch was, which yeah. she derided from as cult-like. Right. And now with this alliance with the armorer, mm-hmm. who we all were like, wait, is she going to betray everyone? We yeah. still don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but It's still possible. <laughs> but now there's an alliance to a cult which is just as... Problematic? Problematic. <laughs> and As it was before. Yeah, and has their own ideas of what Mandalorians are. Mm-hmm like whoa this is a lot yeah <laughs> there is so much so much to be like discussed mm-hmm. in that in the joining of those two things that really we didn't see a whole lot of yeah. we just saw oh we're butting heads it's like okay cool uh-huh. as far as are we gonna see them i'd be surprised if we don't yeah 
but I could see them just kind of still just skimming things. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's pulled away for a mission or something. Yeah. Like, I think it all depends so heavily on if Mandalorian season four ends up being a TV season, like mm-hmm. it was originally supposed to be, or if it turns into a movie. Yeah, because there is there was a, a report done in June or July of this year that said, "Hey, Mandalorian season four is being considered as a movie instead of a season," and we had another person within the industry that said that yes i'm also hearing this and that was this month that they're saying hey it might actually be a movie so i feel like if we do get it in a movie sense we're not going to see the full fruition of what bo katan could be maybe they they kind of rebuild because the struggle with having a movie after a tv is you i mean historically in star wars you had like the clone wars animated movie and that kicked off the show yeah and now we almost have a reverse Mm -hmm. and i feel like more people will watch the movie than have watched the television show yeah so you have to rebuild these ideas and these characters people know dinjar and people know grogu People don't know Bo-Katan. No. So I don't know if she's going to be as big of a role if it ends up being a movie as she would be if it's a television show. Yeah, it is going to all depend on the way that we get this Uh (laughs) visually. Yes. (laughs) Because the medium does have a big impact on the story and how deep they can go in these ideas because if you look at it, the movies will have less time to get into every single character that the TV show could do, but it has more opportunity to be successful in its condensation of the idea. It's it's harder to get something great when you stretch an idea out too long than it would be to condense a good idea and tell it shortly. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's done well you can have something much more refined in a movie sense than you can in a television show where you have the opportunity and the ability and almost like the motivation to do more. And to that point, depending on what medium they're using, it's a different crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're all here for Mandalorian regardless. Yeah, we're here for Din Djarin. Yeah, we're here for Din Djarin regardless. But if it's a movie, again, with the funnel... uh so many more people are going to go and look watch that because it's easier to consume yes so exactly you don't have to spend six seven hours uh-huh. watching something yeah that only to, comes out in 45 minute segments once a week yeah you don't have to commit to this long history and backstory of bokatan <laughs> yeah but that does make me think like i would totally watch a bokatan tv series oh yeah something along that just call it the watch Ooh. And it's talking about like Bo-Katan and the armorer and them trying to make an alliance that's successful as they rebuild that particular aspect of the Mandalorians. Then you don't have to have it be in the Mandalorian. You can do something different. It doesn't have to sidetrack the Mandalorian mm-hmm. to stretch the yeah. idea. So I think that was the struggle with season three is they had the idea of the Mandalorian being this moniker that represents yes, Din Djarin, but also Bo-Katan, but also the armorer, but also like... <laughs> It represented yeah. more than just Din Djarin, while most people are there for Din Because let's be honest, the Mandalorian history isn't too interesting. Yeah. They're armor people. They like to fight. Weapons are a part of their religion. Yep. That's that's all you need to know. That's that's <laughs> a lot of what you need to know about the Mandalorians. Yeah. 
So I, th- I think it could be an interesting opportunity for them to really get into the weeds of what the uh, Mandalorians are now mm-hmm. versus what they were mm-hmm. and also give Din Djarin the spotlight for his own show. Yeah, I could see that. Movie. And I think that'd be a little bit more successful than uh, Boba Fett because mm-hmm. they really tried to s- say a lot of what Boba Fett, yeah. where he was, how did he get here? And like mm-hmm. they, they try to condense a lot into one yeah. package. And also have it be an extension of The Mandalorian, yeah. which just did not work. No. Let it be its own story. Yeah. But in terms of going back and, and telling these different pieces, I did run across a theory that I thought would be really fun to talk about on the podcast. Mm. And this theory is around Padme's death. Mm. So we always hear, oh, she died from sadness. What the heck's going on here? What a weak story beat. All of that fun stuff. But what if this theory poses an interesting what-if situation? So we have Padme giving birth to Luke and Leia, the twins. And also around the same time, we have Anakin close to death. And Palpatine knows that he needs Darth Vader. He needs this piece of the puzzle to ultimately fulfill the plans of the Force as well as himself. Mm-hmm. So... This theory says, what if Palpatine, in an almost Ray and Kylo Ren type situation, what if Palpatine used the dark side of the Force to suck the life out of Padme to keep Anakin alive long enough to successfully survive the transition into the Darth Vader we know? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, okay. I've always been very confused by this mm-hmm. point in the story because it's like this robot comes and it's like, sorry, there's nothing we can do. She's just dying. Yeah. It's like perfectly oh, but- fine on the outside and on the inside, but <laughs> she's just too sad. She's just dying of sadness because Anakin broke her heart. Like, oh, come on. This is Padme. This is the woman who like stood up to so many different. It's a freaking beast. Yeah, she's awesome. She's epic. It's just we don't ever see that in the movie. Anyway, yeah, it always seemed very lame. Mm-hmm. And then at when Vader rises and Padme dies, Palpatine's over here saying, mm-hmm. in your anger, you killed her. Uh-huh. It's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But... If Palpatine's the one pulling the strings, mm-hmm. if he's the one sucking her life force, and that's not a big sure stretch. There's not a big stretch not. from it's what really if Palpatine's not. pulling the strings. Of course he's pulling the of strings. Course. He's Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. And in the movie, they really make that the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, they do because they cut in between. Uh-huh. It. They show the struggles between both of them uh-huh. as the birth, yes. the death, the birth, and the death. Like so, she's giving birth, but she's dying, and then he's dying. But he's also giving new life mm-hmm. because Palpatine is pulling her life force, which would make sense because they're so connected anyway, yes. into Anakin so that he lives. Mm-hmm. It actually makes so much sense. Yes. Also, side piece to all of this, we have a lot in terms of legends around this idea that Palpatine wanted Anakin to be, yes, very powerful, and he was one of, if not the most powerful Jedi that they could have had. But there's many books and illusions and pieces that I think are even in canon that if Vader did not have a suit, 
he would be even more powerful than he already is. Mm. If he was not limited by the very barbaric and inefficient suit that he has, he would have been easily more powerful than Palpatine. Well, who was already a very powerful Sith. So if we look at the backdrop here, it is very much hinted at that Palpatine wanted to find a way to control this Vader. Wanted something that he could mold and weave into something that he could control so much better. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that perfect timing, he was able to do that in the form of a suit that constantly did not heal him, Mm -hmm. but kept him in a constant state of agony, which fed his anger, but not in a way that made him, it made him powerful, yes, but it could have been even more powerful for him Mm -hmm. if it was done differently. Yep. So you have that backdrop as well in terms yeah. of like Palpatine using this as an opportunity. He always had a goal for Anakin being a pawn of the dark side, mm-hmm. specifically a pawn of Palpatine. Oh, yeah. Always so the puppet master. It makes a lot of sense that he would involve something that he very clearly hinted at and knew deeply about. That, hey, you're breaking the Jedi code here, but it'd be okay. Also, I got just the thing for you here. Mm-hmm. If if you're having a vision of her dying, I can give you that power. But it's not going to be from the Jedi perspective. Uh-huh. Also, don't ask too many questions about how I know this. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I love that. I love that it's it makes sense. Like, Palpatine already has a seedy past. Like, mm-hmm. we already know that... He got his master drunk yeah. and then murdered him. Yeah. And this is the master who did claim that he could bring people back yes, to life. But not himself. But not himself. <laughs> so it makes sense, honestly. I think that this this could have a lot of credit or credence mm. because he claims he knows how at least to manipulate life and yes. death. There's something there. There's something that Palpatine knows. Even if it's not, I can bring you back to life. Like, no. Maybe not that much. Uh-huh. Maybe it's not that. But he does know some secrets about life and death. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be possible that he did toy with these two little relationships because he knew all along what was going on. Please. Oh, yeah. Please. Mm-hmm. He fostered that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he cultivated it to use it to his advantage later on and build more of this semblance of the dark side and and sowing these pieces of doubt in the Jedi within within Anakin and I think it also helps to have this piece of things because if you look at it like it doesn't make sense for Padme to just randomly up and die yeah like that doesn't make sense everything we know about the character of Padme is strength and and nobility as well as just grit and direction it doesn't make sense for her to just give up the will to live Uh she knew she had two kids on the way yep she knew that anakin was going through some things she knew that there was still good in him Mm -hmm. why wouldn't she fight for that why wouldn't she fight to get that back yeah yeah so it makes a lot of sense if we look at it that this would be the best explanation for one of the worst parts of Padme's story arc. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the books that they've come out with, Legends, Canon, no matter what it is, Padme is definitely a very strong character. If you look at what's on screen, she's a very strong character. And 
to have her ultimately have this really depressing arc at the end of it makes a lot more sense if it's part of Palpatine's plan mm-hmm. to further his control on Anakin. Yeah. I appreciate it. I love this theory. I think this needs to be more common knowledge. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting. I'm I'm subscribing to it fully as headcanon, and it is locked in in terms of my belief of what mm-hmm. Star Wars is now. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Padme can't go out like that. That's just mm-hmm. that's just dirty if they let yeah. her die of sadness. And it also adds a deeper layer to Palpatine's character mm-hmm. because Palpatine always weaving the different storylines and story arcs into things and making it work in his favor oh, is yeah. so great. And he is a man of backups upon backups. If one thing fails, he has something that's going to work later on. Mm-hmm. He's got plans A through Z that he has yeah. in the field ready to go. Yep. And it gives credit to his tr- past training. Mm-hmm. Yep. At least, like it, it just, it just all comes together, guys. It's it just a all great comes theory together. that I, I'm considering truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm subscribed. Yeah, but let us know your thoughts on this theory as well as how we could possibly see Bo-Katan going forward. Let us know in the comments below or contact doublingpodcast.com. You can listen to podcasts wherever you find podcasts. And as always, may the force be with you.